0: Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of assimilation and brown pride. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we are at Episodio 52. Look, I had to write it down again. That's I okay. am so freaked out. <laughs>
1: it's okay. You got it.
0: And we're in August and Charlene, it is hot as a motherfucker.
1: It is hotter than hell. Like melty, scorchy, nasty hot.
0: I don't know if this happens in Phoenix or Yuma because I know it gets hotter there than it does here. But between the last couple days, it has been so windy and it feels just like the hair is on. Oh, yeah. Like on full blast. Not even it's not a breeze. No, it's wind bringing tierra like you smile and you have grit in your teeth.
1: No, it's like when you open the oven to see if your little pastelitos done and you get like the hot air coming out. It's gross. It's gross. I was uh having some insomnia and reading random articles that pop up on my feed. And I read this horrific, terrifying article about climate change and how there was a place in Iran that reached 152 degrees, which is near what humans cannot sustain. No. Yeah. No. Like that's an oven setting for real. Oh my God. Gross.
0: Here I am complaining about like 108, 109. 152. 152. Mm Mm-mm. No, thank you. No. Mm, well, let's do something about that climate change. That is one area of justice, Charlene, that I really haven't mm-hmm. dug into, really haven't wrapped my mind around. That's not my area, my justice of expertise, I guess. Yeah. Like, I just It's just, that's not, Agreed. there's so many other things that justice wise, mm-hmm. it seemed like that one extra thing was like, oh, I'll just recycle. Can I just call it a day? <laughs> I know that sounds shitty, but like. That's um, the capacity that I have in justice movement. Y-
1: you're not doing a good job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I need to recycle so much more. So much more. To bring it down from 150 to like 145.
1: Yeah. You Yes, please. It's oh. it's not working.
0: Mm, my bad. I'm sorry. It's okay. Let me get right on that. Ooh, what
1: are we I mean, doing, Kat?
0: We're doing a lot of things. Yeah. So uh, one is that August is no bullying month. Ooh. I mean, just in time for getting back to school, right? So w- clearly, we're going to have a couple things to talk about when it turn- when it comes to bullying and or not bullying.
1: Okay. So the first mm-hmm.
0: is uh, going down a little bit of a rabbit hole on the education criteria and, and its downward spiral mm-hmm. spiral. And I really value your your point of view on this because you're a former teacher. So uh, you know I'm going to go down that rabbit hole with you.
1: Okay, mm. I like it.
0: Are you single? Can I go down that rabbit hole?
1: No, I'm a bully. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, we're also gonna be we're gonna switch from bullying to love language mm-hmm. and um, what that uh, yeah that that thought process okay um, and then our guy then nuevo we're gonna again go back to the bullies and we're gonna talk about the Al- Alabama brawl
1: oh boy <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm ready
0: are you ready that that's gonna be like you're gonna have to sit with this one out that's the funnest part right of this the guy then nuevo so you're just gonna have to wait wait it out till the end okay stick it out yeah all right so as of late i mean we have had in the past and we've talked about this in the past banning books Mm -hmm. so decisions made by school boards on which books that they ban from their school libraries Um, we've talked a little bit about anti-crt like the critical race theory resolutions at different school boards we've even been at school board meetings (laughs) to talk about this right yes um so most recently though Florida has been revising their teaching guidelines. And that includes uh, that enslaved people received some, quote, personal benefit from enslavement.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is a state education standard change. This isn't like Miami's school board or, you know, Tallahassee school board. This is a statewide school board change. And the reason that it was done was uh, that a person should not be instructed to f- to quote feel guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress end quote due to their race, color, sex, or national origin. I do want to say that they missed out on uh, um, religion and uh, sexual orientation, but you know what who am I so this this all of this is basically an anti quote-unquote woke mm-hmm. uh, legislation that was brought previously. They're matching the school board standards to meet that law. And this is basically someone's white tears became law. This is what this is.
1: Oh my God, those. Yeah.
0: So I, I went down and I looked at who makes up the school state board. So the statewide board members, there's five altogether. I'm sorry, there's seven altogether. Five are femme presenting. I did make the assumption that reading their bios and whatnot, that they are cis females. Mm -hmm. And then there are two masculine presenting again, making the assumption based on their bios and whatnot, that they are cis males. Mm -hmm. So one of the the statewide board members was born in Miami, but raised in Guadalajara.
1: Okay.
0: One of the male board members lost a child to a school shooting. And still... And still, okay. still they made this change. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the Department of the state's Department of Education commissioner is a gentleman by the name of Manny Diaz Jr. So like, I mean, that, that last name could be, you know, he could have been adopted. I don't know what his life story is. But, sure. you know, seemingly in a state that has a lot of BIPOC representation, a lot of which is rooted in enslavement history, why did we
1: do this, Florida? Why? Oh, Florida! I feel like all we do is talk about Florida. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it was either we're taking turns, either Florida or Texas, Florida or right? Texas. Right? Yeah, we keep that's where we're
1: that. at right now. I, you know, it, it, it's in it, it, just maddening. Like I'm speechless about it because I think about how teachers have such a unique role in the lives of the kiddos that. Parents entrust them to teach every single day. Mm-hmm. I truly, and I, I do think the school shootings have really made me think a lot differently about it. But I, I think a lot differently. I think than my mom did dropping my kid off at school. Like I really think about what's going to happen to her during the day, and it's not just is she going to get bullied? Is she going to like the food? Is she gonna? I, I truly think about what would happen if there was some kind of horrific tragedy at her school? And I I mean, that thought flashes across my mind. And I think for for many parents, because that's part of our reality right now. So teachers also have this beautiful opportunity to pull kiddos in and light this fuse of magic that is learning that is reading like if you've ever taught a kid how to read the minute you see them get it oh my god it is like one of the coolest things you you just gifted them the world like the world is now at their fingertips whether or not they never leave their neighborhood because they have access to information so teachers are just in this really remarkable and unique position um so to to hear that some of these things are being handed down in this way as an expectation for them to teach. I can't imagine that they're all in agreement with that. Um, And it's terrifying that now all these students are going to be subjected to this, um, this, what they say, they say they're going against indoctrination of students. And really this is just indoctrination on, of a different kind.
0: So I did, when I was thinking about this, I did want to point out that, um, it's not as if our history hasn't been whitewashed anyway. Mm-hmm. So having grown up in the borderlands in Texas and El Paso, I didn't learn about the Texas Rangers lynching some of the uh, Mexican families mm-hmm. in different parts of Texas because they there was a land grab. Um, we don't learn about uh, Black Wall Street yep. and what happened in Oklahoma. Like We don't learn about these things already. And so it's not as if these, this is something new because we are, we are aware of, I shouldn't, I shouldn't make that generalization, but I am very much aware that we have been whitewashing history um, as it's being taught. And, and that happens after I have left the school setting, the public school setting, and in my journey forward uh, in life, right? So um, I think it's fair to say that though, a good portion of people understand that history gets whitewashed. Mm-hmm. So this is nothing more of the whitewashing. It's just now it's, it's so very overt. Like, we're not lying about this. We're not trying to go behind someone's back. We are outright saying that we will change the statewide education, um, in particular about, ins- or at least in this one instance, about enslaved individuals, And we're not hiding it from anyone. We're blatantly doing this
1: thing. And it doesn't matter who's mad. So there was a lieutenant colonel um, who made the comment not too long ago on Fox News, no less, um, saying history is not there for you to like or dislike. It is there for you to learn from it. So this is not one of those pieces that you can agree with this is not up for debate or opinion of course there's going to be you know variations in how stories are told and things like that but to say that an event just didn't happen or to put a spin on it that is so skewed um, is just so wrong it's terrible I was reading you know not only so Florida's doing all kinds of crap right they're banning all sorts of shit Um, banning teaching of gender identity and sexual orientation, Um, banning AP psychology because it has content that is LGBTQ related about gender orientation and things like this. They're banning um, the state's public colleges and universities from spending money on DEI, like diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. So in addition to getting rid of all of those pieces, they're also adding in a component where, I don't know if you've heard of this educational platform called PragerU, um it's this video super edgy awesome way to introduce kids to new material um, this is where some of this ridiculous stuff is coming from, for example. Uh, so the site itself says they're a nonprofit focused on a free alternative to the dominant left-wing ideology in culture, media, and education. That's their pitch. But they have these animated videos and other curriculum pieces um, that are now allowed in Florida schools um, as homework or as accompaniments to current curriculum. So there's... A video, an animated video with uh, Christopher Columbus, who says, "The animated little cartoon is like being taken as a slave is better than being killed." No, I don't see the problem. What? No, like don't. And he's a no. slow cart. Yeah, yeah. He's this little cartoon guy. Um, there's also this instructional videos that tells that's telling girls like conforming to gender stereotypes is just a great way to embrace your femininity. What? what? um there's also this this one is amazing uh so there's a video where this small child is upset because her peers are talking about climate change so just what we were just discussing right um and her parents she goes home and she's all upset and she's telling her parents and her parents are like what so they start start telling her all this climate change denier stuff right this isn't real this is just all propaganda blah 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 so then she's like empowered and she's like yeah that's right goes to school well she's ostracized by her peers and she's feeling all bad um so then she goes back home again and her parents tell her not to worry because it's good to fight for what is right and what you believe in just like the jews fought against the nazis (laughs) No, I cannot make this up.
0: Oh my god,
1: it's so bad
0: on so many levels. On so many levels. So I, I was reading about a, a group. It was like Moms Against Something. It sounds <laughs> it sounds really an, innocuous, right? And mm-hmm. and what they're doing is they're like fighting for the education of our kids. Right. So they they have these groups in different cities. These are some of the moms who have been fighting for um, banned books in different school districts. Mm. Um, I had actually looked to see if there was any of this organization in New Mexico. Albuquerque has one, and that's how they overturned their super or their school board. Or in part, how they overturned their school board because their school board is now more conservative than it has been in years. Um, and Albuquerque, I know you all know it because of Breaking Bad. But <laughs> Albuquerque is the largest city. It's probably you know because of its. Um, in in the style of having larger cities with bigger populations, it is a little bit more progressive than some of the areas of the state. So that being said, having a, having a school board that is leaning conservative, where we see some of the things that we have fought for um, start to get overturned or chipped away little by little by this innocuous-esque mm-hmm. moms with cupcakes kind of organization mm-hmm. because the children, which for the record... You know, the LGBTQ community has for years heard this playing over and over and over again. It because of the children. We're fighting for the children. Our, the children are our future and not in a Whitney Houston kind of way. Um, and <laughs> so we've heard this ad nauseum. And now it's like, oh, see, look, you you guys are now getting it too. Right. Because we're now no longer the only ones who are indoctrinating or this or that. Right? yep um, the other thing I was going to say is that this is basically dehumanization of people in the form of sanctified government. Like, mm. it is so easy now to to justify enslavement if you even open the door just a crack. Um, not that people weren't dehumanizing enslaved people before, but this is really, in this day and age, going above and beyond in that and saying like, oh, but it's going to be okay, just like that Columbus thing. Well, you weren't genocided, were you? Right it could have been worse imagine really,
1: how yeah, worse, I mean, how much worse it could have been you
0: could have been you know like the caribbean areas and there's no more of you kind of thing
1: like really we're still not over that shit
0: yeah generational trauma.
1: we are still not over that shit not just generational trauma like literal racism and lynchings and all murders mm. in the streets like this shit is still happening and for okay, the love. so
0: but wait there's more
1: oh my gosh i can't <laughs> take any more when are we going to the next segment skip
0: Fast forward about five minutes. The Speaker of the House, like as in Congress, right, at the national level, they're putting forth the so-called Parents' Bill of Rights. Um, So this kind of tomfoolery is a nationwide thing. It's not just... At this mm-hmm. school district or that statewide school district, mm-hmm. this is now going into our Congress, and you know, to be real, it has no chance—at least on the Senate side. Will it pass the House? Probably. Then it's going to get to the Senate, and the Senate, as of right now, is democratically, uh, democratic majority. So it's not, you know, going to go anywhere. Um, but it's, as you know, in the work that we have done, it's a conversation shift
1: um for those of you who don't pay attention to politics and don't give a shit about any of these people and think it has nothing to do with you pay attention it matters people are introducing ridiculous ridiculous maybe that's a new word <laughs> no, it is it's ridiculous. literally ridiculous uh things that will or could affect our daily lives um and people have to vote for these people <laughs> so pay attention when there's an election like check it out so the no,
0: don't open a wound you can't heal kind of thing. Like, don't give a problem without having at least some kind of solution. And that is one of the solutions. Does voting cure everything? No. No. However, what we do know is that even if you don't vote for president, and you're like, ay, como chingan, uh, or even Congress or whatever, your local elections do make more of a difference to you day to day than, let's say, who, you know, who goes to, to Congress, usually, Um, again, with the generalizations cat, but, and, and I get it. It's not a cure-all. This isn't the answer to everything, but it is one way, right. To ensure that what you want is reflected in the outcome. The other thing is, and I know we are taxed. It is hard. It is hard to do your job or your one or two or three jobs, have a family or not have pets or not. And then one more thing is show up to that board meeting or that city council meeting or this meeting or that meeting. But even if you do it once in a while Mm -hmm. to at least have them pay attention that you're still there or you could get, you know, TikTok famous depending on what you say. True. Um, Just to have yourself heard because some of the things that are said when we're not there, um, as a for instance, our city council here in Las Cruces, Sometimes people with opposing viewpoints that I would have have shown up and have said some pretty terrible things. Um, in particular, there was a, a city council meeting, oh, I want to say a couple months ago, and there was a clip that one of our city council members had dropped that um, someone was making public comment, and um, the city council member said, you know, but some of the forefathers who wrote these laws owned slaves. And, or or in, had enslaved people. And the person giving public comment said, so what? <laughs> like literally, in our city, someone said, so what?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you show up just just once or twice, yes. let let them know that you are still there, that you still care. And I get it. We are taxed with the things we have to do on a daily. And this is like added shit, that mierda that we have to put on our plate and, and the things. But um. Offering at least a, a kind of solution. If not you, maybe get a friend, rally up a friend to go with you, take a folding chair with you,
1: but, you know, go. Yeah, I definitely vote, get involved. There's local stuff you can do. Um, I think my solution on, you know, the other end is just burn it down. Um, <laughs> so... There's that too. True.
0: The, ab- the abolitionist <laughs> in you is really like learning up and, and getting stronger and stronger. The other thing I was thinking of, um, as because you were a former educator, so was my father. Um, and he taught social studies and history. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't imagine, as a Latino man who had his knuckles whacked for speaking Spanish uh, in grade school. What it was like for him to teach an assimilated, whitewashed version of a history that kind of also included him in yeah, it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And how much of that was? But I still need to play the good part, the good, the good minority. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much of it was just we'll just forget about that because that is painful, and we we're just going to move on.
1: Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I hear that like you shouldn't feel guilty or sad or whatever. I you know on some levels I understand that Um, and it's one thing to walk away with hearing these stories with this weight of guilt Um, and it's another thing to be enraged with the people who were oppressed and lynched and not given the decency of humanity um, and do different in your own life so It's not that these are happy endings, not that kind of way, but you know what I mean? Like (laughs) uh, stories filled with joy and, you know, the Disneyland princess gets her ring and prince and all the things at the end of the day, but that is the lesson. Mm. And in hopes that we don't do it again because we keep doing the same dumb shit Um, and to ignore any race that history is only going to make it worse.
0: You know, and I will, one more thing to add, at least on my end is like, we're kind of done. The executive producer and I are kind of done at least with education in the public school setting. Now it's on the kids if they want to continue going. So in part, it's almost like, oh, do I even have to worry about any, ah, I don't have any more kids in there. What does it matter to me anymore? Like I can... Now, Pontius Pilate washed my hands of the whole situation because I don't, I don't have a stake in the game anymore. Like I'm, I'm done. I've done my part. We got them through. We tried to teach the lessons that we needed to teach them that they weren't going to learn in from our lived experience. But that can't be the case for me because I still care about your kid and I still care about our kid, our friend's kids and their grandkids. And if we have, oh my God, grandkids. So it might seem that way for now, like, oh, shoo, I don't have to be banded anymore, but I still have to care. I still have to, to, because someone's going to be helping me out when I'm an old lady. Like I'm still going to, someone's going to have to help me get to that doctor's appointment or be, you know.
1: Well, and we are a collectivistic people as Latinos. We are, that is where a lot of our values come from. I think it's just difficult to apply that collectivism to these white societal norms and these systems that are not built to serve us. So it can feel hard to go sit in and lift your voice in a space that wasn't meant for you and that hasn't treated you fairly or well. Um, So looking into ways how that we can change that and how we can make that different and how we can align that with our collectivistic values as people of color.
0: That that brings up a really good point. Aligning ourselves with other people of color when when we look at Florida, and this is where we can't make a generalization about Latina people who vote Democrat because Latina people in Florida don't always vote Democrat. Like Cubans have been known not to necessarily be Democrat and lean more Republican, more conservative, and so you can't paint that you know picture with one brush at least with regards to those pochas of us who are at that intersection around mm-hmm. pride and assimilation because there are some of us who are navigating that intersection in such different ways with such a different lens and th- they are doing things that are not, at least for me, values-aligned, mm-hmm. right? They're doing things that are values-aligned with them exactly, but not necessarily me. So it's very interesting that you brought that up because you – not all black bi- bi- people are going to be values aligned like true y- your cousin's just not going to be your cousin always
1: well uh, not one that you want to claim anyway <laughs> we're going to forget about no one talks about broom. or exactly.
0: like, whatever <laughs> that's not even how the that song is went that's not how no. the song goes
1: at all not not the tune not the words <laughs> the name was right though so that we'll give you know. one point
0: oh Wow,
1: you. I think you need to go rewatching Kanto. I.
0: You know what? That what I cried so much in that one. I don't know that I can.
1: <sighs> oh, I'm gonna watch that again.
0: <sighs> okay, so let's move on to to some love. We're gonna go from bullying to love, please. Unless wait, unless you had anything more no. about this from your. Okay.
1: Moving on.
0: <sighs> so I had asked you um, if you like if when you go to Wal- uh, to Target. I almost said Walmart. Uh, when you go to Target. <laughs> Do you manage to find 10 other things for people and you save them as future gifts? I knew what the answer was going to be. I knew what the answer was going to be. And when I was thinking about love language, that told me a little bit about what I thought your love language, at least in giving, was. And I'm bringing this to the table because it's not a new thing. Mm -hmm. Or I should say I suggested this, but it's not a new thing um, but it has been on my mind because there are some times where I'm like, but am I getting my needs met? Am I meeting other people's needs? Um, and does it have to do with a language at all or is it just whatever? It's just a thing. Um, so that's why I was thinking about this. And at the basis, what is a love language? Yeah. So it's this theory that we give and receive. Um, love in different ways, in five different ways. Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service. So that one is like doing thoughtful things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I can tell uh, that you're not doing well, so I'm going to drop off some caldo de pollo and whatever without you having to ask. Right. Gifts, which is, that one, self-explanatory. And physical touch. Um, and that one can be anything from uh, cuddling and holding hands and just, you know, Hey babe, patting on the butt to like sex from what I read. So, okay. That one. And I say that because that one was like, wait, but even if you have some of the other love languages, don't you still want to scrunk anyway? Like what is that only in held in the physical touch language of love? But anywho,
1: you really went all in on that one. I did go in all
0: all in on that one. Um, so uh, some thoughts that I have is first, this was created by a Baptist pap- pastor.
1: Okay, I was just going to ask, where the hell did this come from?
0: And and I should say, I should back up and say this was coined by a Baptist pastor because I don't know that he necessarily invented it. This could have been something that was talked about in mm-hmm. a church group or whatever, but he coined it about thirty years ago. Okay, and so it's bas- Baptist pap- pastor named Gary Chapman, mm-hmm. um, and. I don't know how I feel about a pastor telling me or giving me advice on the languages of love. First off, that's my first thought is like, but Mm -hmm. who are you? Because are you inclusive of other types of love? Right. Um, And also love, like, does it even have to be love? Can it just be a language of empathy or a language of caring? There are some people that I don't like love, but I would (laughs) go out of my way to do nice things because, you know. Because friendly cuz nice okay um yeah and the other thing for me is this seems so simple to distill it down to mm-hmm. like five things that we fit under in how we give or receive and i i don't i don't think that it's five things that we oh, we only do one of the five right i think it's a give and take like there are some days where you know, I gift, I'm gifting something that's really thoughtful and nice and great. And that was how I wanted to show you my love that one day. Um, but most of the time I am X, Y, and Z. And I, I will say that most of the time I'm words of affirmation to give and receive.
1: Um, I have to answer your question in part. Um, I have a couple of places in my house where I stash <laughs> gifts all, all year long that I collect for people. I'm going to um, find this place. <laughs> I love giving people the perfect gift it makes me so incredibly happy and brings me so much joy it's it's really truly selfish like I don't even really care about the person having this thing forever I just want them to be excited when they get it and then it makes me happy um because I also feel like it's not just the gift right it's also making sure that they understand that I pay attention and I know them and I know something about them and that part feels like the gift to me so not even necessarily the thing but I'm like look I pay attention to you um and here I'm going to use capitalism to show you how much (laughs) I pay attention (laughs) I like it I like it and there are some times where that you know
0: like I said, it's not like you have one way of doing the love language, either receiving or giving, and that's it. Like you're set for the rest of your life. Right. I'm sure that it comes in waves. I'm sure that sometimes what you need is a hug, as opposed to um, uh, a Golden Girls like clutch. Or not something. really. No. Okay. <laughs> I was so off. Just kidding.
1: Uh, yeah, I do. I, I do enjoy receiving gifts as well. I really do love gifts. Gifts is definitely one of my top, um, love languages. I also though, I, it does make me wonder, and you're alluding to this a little bit, but where, what is this person's lens and perspective and, and what kinds of love are included in this and what is represented or not in this? And, um, I, I don't know that, I I think there are some other kinds of love languages that are not included on this list that might fit for some Latina people.
0: Punching is a love language Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, if if we go back to how we were raised, um, and we have shared some of these things, and we even laugh about some of these things, like, when you fall out of the tree, and the reaction is like, ay, por pendejo, but you... That's also love. That's a love language because you were like scared in that moment. And why did you do this? And did you learn your lesson all
1: in one? Absolutely. I mean, sarcasm can be a total love language. Uh, I think it's the language we speak to each other constantly. Hold on. I'm writing that down. Sarcasm is my love language. Yeah, like you're going through a really shitty time. Awesome. Let's make fun of you. Like <laughs> This is how I'm going to show that I love you because I'm going to make you laugh and I'm going to lighten the mood and help you not think about this thing as being so horrible.
0: I would also say schadenfreude alongside sarcasm. So taking pleasure in other people's pain is also kind of a love language. Um, I
1: also think <laughs> for many Latinas, especially like the Senora era folks, um, this like martyrdom or like this sacrifice oh. is a love language. I just, my sister told me to read this book. I just started audio booking. It's called Crying in H Mart. Um, it is by Michelle Zahner, I think is how you say her last name. It is about this Asian family and it is, all about well first it's all about food that sounds delicious and I want all of it and oh it goes into the intricacies of this these korean dishes and just sounds phenomenal um but also the way that the mother self-sacrifices to show love for her daughter for example one of the things that stands out to me is that when the daughter goes away to college the mother purchases her like you know goodies to send along foods that she likes and things like that but also um, shoes and the mom breaks in the shoes first so that the daughter won't have to have any discomfort when she wears the shoes for the first time
0: Aww.
1: and like that level of that is a love language Wow! like I'm an, I will take on your every burden and then bitch about it for the rest of your life <laughs> So that you will feel cared for and understand how much I love you. And I'll
0: keep bringing it up.
1: And I will that never let you style. forget it ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so
0: true. Right? That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think I fall under that every once in a while too. Team Dramatica and Team Aguantate <laughs> can be a love language.
1: What about Team Treat Yourself? Because I, I want <laughs> oh. that love language. <laughs>
0: I would say, okay, so when I was thinking of how we view love languages through different lenses, I was thinking of some of the different identities that I have. Uh So that one to me screams from my assimilation lens, Mm -hmm. like um, take the online test. It was fun. Let's find out which one I am. Am I going to spend the extra 200 at Target um, on -hmm. gifts for myself or others, like buying into that capitalism? That to me is like the assimilated lens of the love languages. Mm,
1: Yeah, yeah. For sure.
0: The trauma survivor lens.
1: Oh Lord, here we go. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: We don't trust anyone. (laughs) The trauma, Mm -hmm. the trauma survivor is like, that feels good in the moment, but I'm still not going to trust you. Even if you give me all five, all at the same time, um, because we're, that's where we're at is we're, we've just been geared at gauging every dangerous situation. So trusting any of this, um, could make us fall into a pit where we're going to get hurt in the end
1: I agree with that one so much um, especially when you don't really know a person yet and you haven't been in situations where they have earned trust um, I can definitely see that like why are you being nice to me mm-hmm. what do you want or why would you hold open that door for me surely you're a serial killer like <laughs> you yes. know all that
0: yeah exactly yeah. Every single. every single thing that you just said
1: I, uh, I literally had this happen at our office building the other day. I was walking into the building. I knew I was going to meet some folks there, but I didn't see any of their cars. And I had all these bags because I tend to collect uh, 5,000 bags, carrying all these bags. And I'm walking. I, I don't know why, but this person, this man was standing at his truck. And for some reason, he seemed out of place to me. So already I'm like, what's happening? And then I close my door, lock it, and I'm walking in. And there's all these giant windows in the front of our building. And I can see the reflection. He's walking right behind me. And I'm like, mm-mm, no, no. So I turn around like, oh, I forgot something in my car, sure, right? I'm not uh. going in. So I turn around start walking away, And he looks right at me. He's like, good morning. All intensity. I was like, oh, no, mm-mm, you're not being nice to me. This, you, th- Nope, this is all wrong. Bad, bad, bad. But that same, like, I just can't. Could the dude have just been, I don't know, wandering around, going to the bank, going to charge his phone? I don't freaking know. He has a wife there, a job there. I don't know. Um, but it didn't matter because I was like, no, nope, not doing it. Bye.
0: The flip side to that trauma, that trauma um, love language lens is then we overkill on all five because we want to be loved.
1: Oh, okay. Mm hmm. Mm mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's like we're going, we're going above beyond left right center maybe not on all five but we're definitely going above and beyond in the love languages to try to um but love me back but am I doing enough um is this okay now Mm -hmm. but I can't trust when you're doing it for me because there's got to be something wrong like where's the catch where's the the other chunk that's gonna fall like that's that's just how we're looking at it through that lens
1: Mm.
0: the gen x lens okay there was no love there was no fucking love there was no language because there was no love because of nothing mm. yeah
1: and there's some pop tarts in the cabinet in case you're hungry.
0: You you didn't even have enough love language to love yourself
1: damn yeah
0: I mean we laugh because it's true but we you know that is a very much a gen x like when you look at how the memes that are in theory supposed to speak from that era was like the forgotten latchkey, bovecito. We had you really like surprised that you're graduating. Like you send your own graduation notifications and your parents are like, well, I guess I should go.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, this seems important. The um, Yeah, of course I love you. That's why I trust you to be by yourself all the time <laughs> because I love you so much
0: yes Mm. the gen x and and the trauma one are they're they're besties oh yeah for sure that that lens is where we (laughs) Mm. and when Uh. you put them all together that's that's the complexity at which i'm like well we can't distill down into five when we're when we're at when we have so many lenses from which to look at no love traumatic love am i doing enough for the love um Mm -hmm assimilated love i have to fit in to do the things let me let me buy into this language of love thing and then even a little bit of the martyrdom love the you know the immigrant lens of working hard love love may not even have to matter just as long as you work hard to survive
1: right that is the love working hard
0: uh, you put all of those lenses together i swear to god it's a telescope that we can damn see past <sighs> mars
1: for real Mm -hmm. Um, I also found the um, five anger languages. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, hold on. I'm getting in my paper so I can write these down. Um, So there's righteous, Uh which is uh, distilled down to I'm right, you're wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There is indignation. How could you?
0: I like that one. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Retribution. I'll get you back. Watch you back. Don't close your eyes. Venganza. Uh Mm Uh-huh. There is Distraction um what about that time when you so it's oh, also like gaslighting i think yeah like okay. well but remember when you did this thing that was worse than what i just did mm-hmm. um and then justification you deserved it <laughs>
0: <laughs> all of these can seriously be <laughs>
1: you're like wait i identify with all of these immediately and inherently
0: <laughs> i give that all the time the righteous one the first thing that came to my mind was siblings Oh, yeah. I Like, I'm, I'm right, right. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. And we, the two shall never meet. <laughs> yeah. Or parents,
1: because I said. Mm. Like, because I said. That's oh, it. but
0: I revel in these ones. These, this is, see, this would be my love language <laughs> right here. It's all of these anger languages.
1: <laughs> I love
0: it. Oh, speaking of love language, let's get down to it. Because this is, we told you, wait till the end.
1: Oh, wait till the end. Here we are.
0: And here we are
1: with our guy, then nuevo. The Alabama Brawl. So I have been living in a weird, hidden under a rock type of situation for a while. Uh, I didn't know what this was until you texted it to me. And then I looked it up and I was like, what is happening right now?
0: I know that I'm living on the right side of TikTok when I don't get it from CNN, but I get it from TikTok that we should all be celebrating august 5th as the alabama brawl day like definitely because i didn't know about it either until tiktok yeah. was like what about these chairs so i did have to look <laughs> it up as well
1: <laughs> the chair yeah
0: and i was not disappointed at all so
1: what happened kat give us the lowdown
0: so based mostly on videos from tiktok or from socials i should say um but i did read a washington post article and then watch some of the press conference that uh, montgomery um city's mayor had a black ship co-captain um, got off the ship that they were trying to dock, and the ship was the Harriet II. Yes. Wow. That Harriet. Okay. So they were trying to, to I guess, park. What do you do? You, you dock a boat? You dock a boat. Okay. So they were trying to park this boat in the water, and the pon- this pontoon was, like, in the way. And um, so the ship's co-captain, after, like, yelling, through a megaphone for like 45 minutes at them to move didn't get moved gets down to go have a conversation and then just moves it himself because the, the big boat needs to park mm-hmm. right like that's just a thing
1: that needs to happen and um he moved it himself yeah like mo-
0: yeah he just like moved it on the water like that's, okay like
1: that, that doesn't happen with cars no so this is amazing already <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. so while he's down on uh, on the dock and doing the things, try, he's he is getting um, yelled at by the people who were, I don't know, do you even captain a pontoon? I don't know. But the people who were on the pontoon, they happen to be um, shirtless, short, uh, like white dads and their spouses and their girlfriends or whatever. And they are yelling at this ship co-captain. And I say that because when you look at the things that they're wearing, it's like, Oh, Ken doll, you did mm. wrong that day. Um, so they're yelling at him. This goes on for a while. And, f- you know, finally, um, he tosses his hat. And that's when the shit hits the fan. Like someone had already like tried to swing at him once. He tossed his hat. And then he got attacked by not just one. He, he They were really trying to beat him up. But when he tossed his hat, like you can see that other uh, BIPOC, predominantly black people were like, oh hell no, this is not happening today.
1: When he throw when he throws the hat, like what do you imagine is going through his mind? Because the I think I think you're right. I think there was a that was the fucking bat signal for any <laughs> black or people of color in the area to be like, oh it's it, we're go- it's going down right now. This is it. This is it.
0: So I imagine that he probably heard a litany of cussing and who the fuck are you and then someone probably dropped an n-word and he might have been like that's it I've had enough Mm -hmm. Um, and through the hat of like oh I know this is not gonna this is the escalation is not gonna be deterred this is just Mm -hmm. gonna happen Mm -hmm. so I think he was at that point where something terrible was said right yeah and there was just a point of no return you can't take some things back and it was like Mm. it's just gonna happen and I'm gonna have to prepare myself and he was not alone like there was people coming out I would say the woodwork but really they were coming out the water to help literally yes there was a people swimming young man yeah who jumped off the boat that was trying to park and swam over to the dock to go help like and the socials have not disappointed on the The, commentary around or the reenactments or yes (laughs) the reenactments
1: have been chef's kiss (laughs) hilarity this is where you know i felt a level of disappointment that and then i mean on several levels obviously that this gentleman who was just doing his job is obviously treated in this way that is just horrific also that it really became a black on white fight, mm-hmm. like you know who was on whose team, right? Mm-hmm. And that is just so, again, on so many levels, so disturbing. Um, but then I see the reenactments <laughs> and the TikToks, and I'm like, you know, human. Not all humans are terrible.
0: So one of the things that that um, is played upon the most in this whole, you know, Montgomery melee. Wow. Um, so no, I didn't make that up. I'm not going to take credit for that. Um, so one of the things that has been played over and over was the folding chair, and the part that we're, they were lovingly calling him Unc or Uncle um, with his folding chair was out there WWE style, like smack and folks. Hell down. yeah. Um, so one is that that like everybody now needs a, a shirt that has the chair, a hat that has. I saw earrings. Sorry. Shut Folding up. chair earrings. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, again, the socials did not disappoint. Mm-hmm. Um, Also, the folding chair was invented by a black man. So it was like a comeuppance of the person who invented it to be like, mm-hmm, that's I'd, what I invented it for.
1: That chair's name was Karma. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and also the hat flying has also been another like point of like, that is the bat signal. It was, that, you have to that was like right there. It was like, Ooh, no. Mm-mm. And you saw people literally running in some of the videos. Yeah. From the t- you saw people hauling mm-hmm. ass to get over to help this person. Um, and one of the other things that I saw that made me think a little bit, because I'm like, absolutely. I'm one, want- I'm going to be down to, you know, let my hands fly if someone's getting, I could be perceived as being on the pontoon in some situations as opposed to an ally who's helping so what do we do as allies when i mean you obviously would be like i know which side you're on Myself. i know what,
1: i know what you're not gonna do is swim to help anyone. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is true i did yeah. say that this might be my one incentive to actually learn how to swim mm-hmm. so that i could be like you know what when ship it's not always going to be in the desert kid if well, you need Kat. a call to action
1: you might have you, to swim. You never know when the bat signal's <laughs> going to go off. <laughs> exactly. You might be near a pool.
0: Um, this also solidified why I do not ha- own, will not own, will not purchase for myself or anyone else. I don't care what love mm. language it is, a pair of Crocs. Yeah. Because, oh my God, did someone get beaten through their cro- Crocs that they ended up looking like leg warmers or shin guards? Yeah. Yeah there are more pictures i mean i if i would not be one bit surprised if the stock in crocs is starting to fall (laughs) steadily because people are like not fighting shoes
1: folding Folding chairs up crocs down
0: yes yeah
1: that is your stock market advice for this episode (laughs) of the podcast generational
0: wealth (laughs) invest in folding chairs build it i'm just saying
1: oh man kat and you know it I, I can't wait to hear some of the deeper story. I want to hear this, this gentleman's uh, take on the whole thing. I want the interview. I want to see who, who gets the interview. I want to see if he writes a book, uh, makes an animated video that won't be shown in Florida schools. I don't know, but I'm ready for all of it.
0: Who, the, the co-captain? Who? Yeah, the okay. co-captain. I'm I thought ready. you meant the guy with the, where the fuck did that folding chair come from anyway? Like, I, it just appeared You know, those gifted, white people
1: but, had that on the boat. Gifted
0: by Harriet on the Harriet too. Oh, maybe
1: from the other boat. Yeah, who
0: knows? I, it, was, it came divine providence yeah. that this appeared. And there has been some, t- you know, tone policing mm. around the whole situation. Of which okay. even that gets made fun of. So there was this one guy on there who was like, "Well, what we're not hearing about is the woman who got hit over the head with the with the chair. If she was involved in that fight, then I mean, that's actions consequences. You could you have the opportunity to stay back and not I mean, do anything about anything
1: in the middle of uh, an altercation like that." I you know it's a war zone I don't know that people are thinking about oh I would never hit a woman like that these are not those people in that moment
0: no no no. and you and literally you could have I'm gonna skirt myself to the side Right. I'm going to stay. There was one lady who curled up fast on that pontoon and was looking like a a rat on a life raft, kind of like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, I'm not going to get off of here. I'm just going to sit right, my happy ass right here.
1: Also, if you've ever been in a fight like this, um, and I'm sure people train for this kind of thing, right? People are, they've trained to fight. They have a keen eye on these things. When there is a fight like that happening, you're just struggling to not get hit and you're just swinging and hitting whoever. Not that I'm. I've seen a lot of videos, and I'm just imagining <laughs> that this is what it's like.
0: You have not been a participant in any of those, never.
1: <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's chaos. Like you don't know what's happening. Things are flying, chanclas flying, Chone's flying, all the things.
0: So even this dude with his tone policing, like on TikTok, his video has then been um, utilized in <laughs> so many fun oh, ways. I love it. Yes, I am just saying that the socials have not disappointed at all on this. Um, Yeah. And okay, so one more that I forgot about. It's the solidarity chairs. So Mm. there have been, um, you know, memes of the chair with like, you know, the black Nikes or whatever that was like, of course we're banding around this chair. And then there's been the solidarity chairs of like the sombrero on the chair. Like we got you, we will get in this. There's been some that have... Um, like um, uh, the Indian um, squash neck, squash blossom. blossom necklace on the chair. Like we are with you in this fight as well. Mm, so I love
1: that. It, yes, people. Yes.
0: I'm just saying we're gonna have to have, you know, a set of chairs that like the ally set or what have you, or even our own set of like, hey, shit can happen, like Walmart. You know, we need to be on the ready.
1: Word. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Whew what a story
0: we ranged we gave you all of the love languages we had some sarcasm we had some righteousness
1: (laughs) folding chair love yes
0: this has been episodio 52 for the porcha podcast at the end of the day my love language is still cat
1: my love language is mostly tacos but (laughs) uh i can be flexible
0: with the tacos yeah And we will catch you on the flip side. Bye.